Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thanks, kids, for grabbing a seat. Parents, families, it is so good to be with you tonight as we get to close out this year's Kids Camp. I want to celebrate with you and let you know that there were over 130 kids here this week that got to hear that invitation. That Jesus wants us to follow him here, there, and everywhere. And tonight, as we get ready to close out this teaching, we're going to hear about a man by the name of Nehemiah, all the way from the Old Testament that did just that. And so parents, individuals, kids, I want to encourage you right now to find a Bible and find a buddy, and I want you to turn to the book of Nehemiah. Now, for some of you, the book of Nehemiah is going to be one of those ones where I've never even looked at this before. I've got no idea where that is, and that's okay. You can use the index in the very front of your Bible to find the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament as we get ready to see how he lived a life where he followed God here, there, and everywhere. You see, Nehemiah, he was a Hebrew man and he was a part of God's people as they were living in exile, which meant that Nehemiah was living in a place that was actually not his home. He was living in Persia away from his homeland of Jerusalem. And the reason why he was doing that was because of the brokenness that overtook God's people. They were not following God. They had chosen to follow their own ways and their own ideas. They had chosen to follow what other people were doing. And so because of that, they found themselves scattered all over the region. And Nehemiah is one of those right here in Persia. And in chapter one, we get to see how Nehemiah learns how bad things have gotten back at home. But even though things had gotten bad back at home, God called Nehemiah and God calls you and I to trust him and the plans that he has for us even in the face of opposition or maybe an easier word to understand is difficulty. God wants us to trust him and the places that he has even when we are up against really hard things. It says in verse three, they said to me, those who survived the exile and all those back in the province, they are in great trouble and distress. In fact, the wall of Jerusalem, it's broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Can you imagine how upsetting that would be for Nehemiah? Nehemiah is wanting so badly to return back to his homeland only to discover that the very wall that once set his people apart has been broken down in ruins. It's been burned to a crisp. Talk about a difficult situation. And in verse four, Nehemiah, he responds and he says, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. Boys and girls, adults, how many times have we found ourselves up against a difficult and hard situation and our response is just to weep, to cry and to be brokenhearted. And sometimes we stay stuck there for a long time in our sorrow and in our sadness. But God has a different plan. 
Notice that Nehemiah didn't just stay there and cry. It says that he went to God with his troubles. The God who calls us to go here, there, and everywhere does not want us to do that on our own, my friends. He wants us to trust in him. And when we face difficulty, he wants us to talk to him about it. This is because Nehemiah knew this truth that I want us to understand tonight, that God gives us everything we need for the journey and for the task that he is leading us on. There's a verse in Philippians that talks about how the God of all things will meet our needs according to the riches of the glorious inheritance that we have in Christ. Listen to Nehemiah's prayer. He says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant, that's another word for promise, of love with those who love him and keep his commands. He says, God, let your ear hear me right now. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of me, your servant, praying before you for all of my people. But listen to what he says. He says, I confess, God, that me and my people, we have let sin lead us. We have followed other things other than you. We have acted very wickedly towards you and we have not obeyed your commands, your decrees, your laws that you gave to your servant Moses. See, Nehemiah was honest that he and his people haven't always got it right. And the same thing is true for all of us here today, that we have all messed it up. We have missed moments where God wants us to trust him and instead we find ourselves walking in another direction. But then he goes on in verse 11. He says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your people. And would you give me success today by granting favor in the presence of this man? Now you might say, well, what man is he getting ready to go be in the presence of? He's getting ready to go be in the presence of the king of Persia. And the king of Persia was a big, powerful dude. This guy had a lot of influence. He had a lot of power. And Nehemiah knew to go before this king meant that he needed to trust that God was bigger than him. Listen to this. He goes before the king and he says, King, if it pleases you and I've found favor in your sight, let me go back to my homeland, to my city, so that I can rebuild it. Nehemiah knew that that was God's call for his life. And the king does something awesome. The king answers Nehemiah and he says, Nehemiah, I will permit you to go to that place. But not only am I going to permit you and allow you to go, I'm going to send you letters and resources to let people know that you're on a mission, that what you're doing is important. Now that's a big deal. Nehemiah now has everything that he needs to go and to rebuild this wall that once was broken, to trust God in what he's called him to do. And so he does. We get to see that right here in chapter four, where Nehemiah goes and he starts to rally all the people. He says, guys, we're gonna rebuild this wall. We're gonna bring these things back to the way that they were. And the people got so excited. God's people were so ready for the wall to be built back. But there were others that weren't so excited. Look at verse two in chapter four. It says, what are those silly Jewish people doing? 
Can they actually rebuild this wall? Can they actually put it back in place in just a day? Can they bring the stones back to life after they've been so broken and burned as they are? I mean, look at what they're building. Even a little tiny fox could climb on it and break down that whole wall of stones. They're making fun of him. They don't believe in what he's doing. And they want other people to know that this is silly. But Nehemiah did not let these things stop him because he knew that God was calling him to trust that he is leading him here, there, and everywhere. He was focused, and because of that, it did not slow him down. Boys and girls, moms and dads, individuals, how many times have we let other people's words keep us from going and doing what we know that we're supposed to do? How many times have we listened to the opinion of others rather than trusting God's purpose and way for our life? And has it led to good things? Probably not. Did we think it would? Probably so. But Nehemiah knew that it was God who he wanted to listen to, not to everybody else. You see, look, living as a believer in Jesus means that we're gonna act and be different from the world, and that's a good thing. Do you remember on night one, boys and girls, when we were together in here, and we talked about the two things that we can build our lives on? One of them was really big and strong and powerful. What was that? The rock, that's right. The other one was kind of shifting. It was pretty loose. You could make sand castles out of it. What was it? Sand, right? And we talked about Jesus's words on how if we choose to build our life on the rock, even when the rain and the winds blow against the house that represents our life, the house will stay. It will not be moved. But when the rains come and the wind blows on the house that's built on the sand, Jesus tells us what? That the house will come down. That it cannot stay because it was built on something that will fail. Nehemiah shows us that there are gonna be tests and troubles and storms that will look different for each and every one of us. But just like Nehemiah, who has built his house on the rock of God, he can stand strong. Look at verse 14. He tells the people of God, don't be afraid of them. Friends, remember the Lord who is great, and I love that the Bible says this, who is awesome and will fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Nehemiah was reminding the people that the task that they were on, that it was worth fighting for. That following God and the purpose and plan that he has is worth it always. Because God has invited us to work for his purpose his glory, and not for the approval or the applause or the good job from other people. In Colossians chapter three, it says, whatever you do, work at it in such a way that you are not working for human hands, but rather you are working as if you are working for the Lord. 
boys and girls, adults, individuals. God has called each and every one of us to join him in his work here, there, and everywhere. God wants us to trust him in our school. He wants him to be the focus of our life in our sports teams. He wants us to trust him as we face difficulties in wherever that we go. And whatever storm that we're in, we can be sure of Jesus's promise that he said in John 16, 33. Look at this. He said, I've told you these things so that you would have peace because in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. There is nothing bigger or better or more powerful than our God. And Nehemiah trusted in that. He trusted in it through his conversations with God through prayer. He trusted in that for his confidence to tell other people to keep working. And because of this, the wall that was once completely destroyed when Nehemiah showed up, burned to a crisp, rubble on the ground, in just 52 days, the entire wall was rebuilt. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that worth celebrating? I can only imagine the celebration that happened amongst God's people. But also, look at what the people who once judged or had things to say about God and his people thought. Verse 16 says, when all of our enemies heard about this, all of the surrounding nations were afraid and they lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Did you see that? They realized that this was not a work of Nehemiah. Nehemiah wasn't this big, strong, awesome guy that completed this great work. Even the enemies of God realized that this was God himself who was working through the people. And there is nothing more rewarding, my friends, than for people to see that it's not about you and me. It's not about how strong or good looking or how talented or how brave that we are. It's about how big that our God is. And our big God has called us to trust him. In the same way, God wants us to follow his lead as we show people how he works in our lives. But before we're able to really be used by God, you and I need to get to a place where we are not trying to do it on our own anymore. We need to get to a place where we trust God to fill our life. Because when God fills our life, God can use every part of it. Let me give you an example really quickly. I brought up here today a few things that I thought might help us to understand the importance of how God wants to fill our life. But I need a hand from somebody in the crowd. Who would like to help me? Okay, I've got a couple excited folks. Let's see here. Let's see here. Where's my excited folks right here? Yes, Emerson, yes? Come on up, girl. All right, sweetheart. 
I've got here a couple things that are important for us to help understand what we can fill our life with. Can you blow up a balloon? You can? Awesome. I want you to blow up this balloon a little bit, and then I want you to hand it back to me so that I can tie it. That's great. Perfect. Right there. Can we give her a hand real quickly? You stay right there with me, all right? All right, sweetheart. So you just blew up this balloon right here, right? And so inside of this balloon, it is now filled with some of your hot air, isn't it? It's just full of that, a little hot air that's there. And my friends, I think sometimes this is how we live our life. I think sometimes we fill our life with a lot of things. We fill our life with our own self-confidence. We fill our life with our own achievements. We fill our life with wanting people to like us. We fill our life with all these different hobbies that we think make us who we are. And on the outside, for a normal person, this looks pretty right. Like this is the purpose of a balloon, right? To be inflated. And on the outside, the balloon looks like it's supposed to look. Very similar to our life a lot of times. On the outside, we look like the world says that we should look, or we act like the world says that we should act. But what happens when the heat comes on? What happens when things start to get a little difficult? When people start to say things about who we are and what we do and how we live our life, when people start to judge the things that we say or the things that they think that we need to be, what happens when brokenness comes into our homes or into our lives, unexpected illness takes over? You see, when the heat gets put on, the thing that looked like it was full, it popped. And the thing about it is that when it popped, it revealed that it was empty at the end of the day. Same with our life. I think if we're really honest with ourselves, if we look at who we are without Jesus, that's our life. We are empty. And I would say that a lot of the times, the reasons why we don't trust God in big things or the reasons why we're not willing to step out in faith on things is because we're really afraid that people are gonna see that we're actually empty, that our life is not full with him who has secured our life. But in the same way, what would happen if our life was filled with something different. If our life was filled with God and his spirit that wants us to trust. Don't go back there. Come on up here. Okay? What would happen if we trusted that he wants to fill us with him and his spirit? You see, the balloon is full, but it's actually full of something. So that when the heat gets put on, it does not go out. It does not pop. It can stand in the fire. God's promise to us is that if we trust in him and we allow him to fill our lives, is that he will give us everything we need for every challenge that we're a part of. You want to try it? Go ahead. Isn't that so cool? All right. 
Can we give her a hand one more time? Boys and girls, parents, individuals, there is something that we can fill our life with that's more than our accomplishments or our to-do list or the things that we want for each day of our life. That thing is Jesus Christ. That thing is the gospel that he has come and displayed to us. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. There's these guides that you received this week. They are our uh, start here guides that many of our children and families worked through this week. And I'm excited to announce to you that there are over 30 children who are currently in conversations with mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or their aunt and uncle that brought them or their friend's family. 30 kids right now that are in conversations about accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life from Kids Camp. And inside of that guide, it tells us that on our own, we cannot do what God wants us to do. We cannot follow him on our own. We have to have God's saving grace made complete in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. The guide says that God knew that our sin would keep us from living with him forever. But because God loves us, he gave his son Jesus as a gift to bring us back in relationship with himself, to pay for the sin of our mistakes on the cross, the punishment that we deserved. And three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and his victory conquered sin and death. And so I wanna make sure that we understand this, boys and girls, parents and individuals. Who did God give us? Who was it? Jesus. Jesus. And why did God give us this gift? Why? So that we could be with him, so that he could bring us back in relationship for our eternal life. And what Jesus did was that he died on the cross and he rose again. You see, our trust in Jesus by not just believing in him with our heart, but accepting him through our surrender in him in baptism, which we learn about in Acts chapter two, verse 38, is what prepares us to follow God here, there, and everywhere. My friends, we need to be filled with him because this is where everything else comes from. We can keep trying to do it on our own or we can trust that our God is just like Nehemiah described, that he is awesome and powerful and glorious. And when we allow God to fill us in our life, to trust his lead in all of these things, what happens is we're able to take the things that we're full of we're able to trust him in these places of our life and we're able to pour them out into the lives of other people so that they too would know the love of God 
the joy of God, the peace of God, the kindness of God, the comfort of our God, who has given his one and only son to rescue us from our own mistakes and calls us to believe in him and trust him here, there, and everywhere. Boys and girls, we get an opportunity here in just a moment to watch one of our friends from Kids Camp this week come and accept that very reality for their life. And if you're here tonight as a kid, as a parent, as an individual, and you have not accepted this truth for your life that God wants to fill you and he wants to use you, then I encourage you to not leave until you've made that decision for yourself and had a conversation with someone who can help you take your next step. Let's remain seated and let's pray and give thanks to our God. Father, thank you for being the one who has called us to trust you in all things. God, I am grateful for the example of Nehemiah who did just that that he trusted you in all ways, in all purposes, and in all truth, so that he would be able to accomplish the task that you had prepared for him. And God, I know that there are young men and women, boys and girls, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, and individuals as such who have yet to make that decision for their life. And Lord, I pray that we would come to that. And Lord, if we have come to that, may we know that you're the one who fills us and gives us everything we need to go everywhere that you have called us to go. God, we love you. We trust you. We thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ that has given us a hope that is better than this world and God, an identity that belongs to you and to you alone. God, thank you for Jesus Christ our hope and our promise. It's in his holy and precious name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen.